amazing, the wonderful thing about God's Word. And the reason I, again, want to remind you before you read God's Word, just instead of just kind of like, hey, I'm going to read it because it's a good thing to do or that's what I'm supposed to do. Remember to use what we're trying to, to uh, advocate here. That's the foundational principles, right? Using God's Word, Christ's authority, and the Holy Spirit's counsel. And again, just as a reminder, that may be something like this. Uh, you know, if you use the scriptures, right, using God's word, for example, scripture says that spiritual truths are, uh, can only be discerned by the spiritual person, the person with the spirit. The person without the spirit can't understand these things because they're spiritual in nature. And so given that reality and given the fact that uh, it's God's word, it's truth, it has, as according to the Bible again, it is written that it has power and effect, it's useful for teaching and instruction, that, uh, you know, all the things that the Bible associates with the Word of God. So th there's something more to that book, obviously, than just the fact that it was written by people who were led along by the Holy Spirit, okay? And so there's more to it. It says it's living and active, okay? And then properly understood and then properly used as we see Jesus in the desert, as we've looked at that passage, we see now Jesus now is not just quoting the scriptures to be quoting, but he's using it now as a, as a weapon. And if you will, I think it's not only a perfect example of uh, how to take thoughts captive and feelings, you know, feeling like, I'm, hey, I'm starving to death here. And he centers himself, right, and which we need to do with our feelings, because if we're led by our feelings, uh, I, I like to, and the, well, this is why I have this. Okay, did you guys notice a mistake in my book? Okay. Uh, it, uh, you know, I just, I, was, I made a point of this and they still messed it up. But anyway, the reason there's a compass on here, okay, and this is key. Let's say, how many, which direction does a compass point? Yeah, that's what everybody says, but not really, okay? It, it points to a place, a magnetic field here on the earth that's not really north. True north is the North Pole or the North Star. Those things are constant. But... Um, the, uh, the, the needle on a compass always points, uh, you know, depending on where you're on the earth, it points to the magnetic fields more towards Greenland and up there. You know, it's just like for us, it would be north and then to the right, you know, like east. Okay. And so here in California, when, if you're looking at a map and let's say I'm going to travel from here, uh, I don't know, like to uh, let's say something small, maybe uh, a little tiny lake. Mm, let's see, what's a close lake? Millerton's big. <laughs> well, uh, how about Shaver? We'll go to Shaver. Lost lake. Yeah, Lost Lake, that's even better because it's close. It's short. It's a small distance. But let's say we set our compass and you, get, you, know, you go to the dollar store, you got a little compass, and you, just, you set it so you, with the map to go to that place. Well, if you didn't adjust for the 13 or 15, well, 15 or 16 now, 15 or 16 degrees here, it, where we live, if you didn't make that adjustment in that short distance from here to there and you just follow that, you'd miss it. You'd miss it. And so the point is, is that you have to orient your map depending on where you are in the world. You have to orient your compass. You have to make the adjustment so you really have real true north. So what I'm saying is there's a difference and this is what it's called true or geographic north and magnetic north. Okay, your compass or your feelings, or what you see with your eyes, generally draws us towards magnetic north, if you will. It, 
it's the pull, like that. the compass is pulled by a magnetic force. And so our feelings are like that, or we look at our life circumstances and we're pulled that way by emotions and thoughts and past experiences that are unresolved, the filter it goes through. And we're, we're, our natural orientation you know, is to do that. For example, like we've used the example of forgiveness or something like that, and, or someone's really wounded you. Well, you think about, well, how can I get back at that person? Or you have anger or someone hits you and you, your immediate reaction is, but, you know, I don't know about you, but I do. I want to hit them back if they're going to hit me. So it, you just kind of go into that, into that mode, right? And, and that would be the magnetic north thing. Or you have feelings. And that's why when Jesus was at this critical point, the most critical being in the Garden of Gethsemane, where his feelings are, I mean, did you ever think about this? First of all, why did Jesus even have to spend the whole night praying? He was God, you know, he's the guy. And then why did he have to pray so much? And then why did he say, hey, I'm overwhelmed here to the point of death? That's what he said, I'm overwhelmed to the point of death. It's not like he's some drama queen, like a junior high kid or junior high, they go, oh, mom, I'm starving to death, I'm starving, I'm gonna die, you know? And, and really, they had a snack about two hours ago, right? Okay, he's not, this is the son of God, he is truth, and so if he says he's overwhelmed to the point of the death, it's pretty serious, and then he had that, you know, Dr. G probably could tell us what it's called, but that capillary stress bursting thing that emanated blood through his pores, you know, there's actually a name for it, and so he's, he's that stressed out, right, and so then, how about this, then he asked the disciples, hey, can you guys pray for me, you know, why would the son of God need anybody to help him with prayer. I mean, he's got like this connection. I mean, he's, he's him, you know, he's God's son. He's got a pretty tight connection. I and the father are one, you know? And so you think about that and I go, oh man, I got to step it up. But the point is there is amidst all that chaos, he says, father, and even after asking, right? Hey, I, is there another way? Cause I mean, you know, I'm thinking, he's thinking, well, you know, with you, with God, all things are possible. For those who believe, so it's possible there's another way to do this. But then he realizes, okay, well, that's not changing. I'm not getting, you know, really a response on that or a new plan. So not my will, here's the key, not my will, but your will be done, right? Or when he's in the desert, he's hungry. No, the word of God says it is written, man should not live on bread alone, but by on every word of the mouth of God, meaning, well, Man doesn't need bread just alone, even though I'm dying here, it's 40 days, my muscles are starting to be consumed, all my fat reserves are gone, I'm literally in the process of dying from starvation. But nevertheless, man doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God, that word being, hey son, uh, the Spirit, you know, I'm on you, the very first thing after his baptism, the Spirit leads him into the desert, where he is to fast for 40 days, right? So now, Amidst all these feelings of starvation, he goes, no, 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 I'm supposed to be here and I'm supposed to fast. Oh, man, one little, oh, how about that pebble there? I could just turn that in like a, a snack, you know, that'd be good, you know. And again, you think about it, there's no sin in uh, being tempted to be hungry. I mean, if it is, we're all in trouble, right? So think, have you ever thought about why is it a temptation to turn the stone into bread? I mean, guy's starving to death. Wouldn't God want him to eat? You know? And so we think things like that, and, and you can be easy to see, but then, then you go back. Well, then, then you, you begin to rationalize. You have these feelings that match your thoughts, and you begin to think, well, God wouldn't want me to starve, and yeah, I really need that, I could die. But what's your center? What's your true north? 
What is going to guide you amidst the storm of life, the storm of your emotion? And so that's why using God's word is ultimately important and always our point of reference and always our start for whatever we're going to do. Whether we're going to pray, whether we're going we're to use God's word in prayer, that's our compass. And a lot of times, you know, if we're honest, I think when we pray, just at a personal level, maybe ask the Lord and step back. A lot of times we pray for things we want. We're using energy and we're praying that, that God, we're going to try to kind of like get God to cooperate with us to make our life better. Right? I do it too. I mean, you know, I want my life to be better. And, you know, I'd like some more income or I'd like this or that or new car. And then, you know, we've prayed and now I think we've had maybe seven cars given to us and they're good. Uh, what, do I got a problem? I can't buy a car? Well, not really. But after the first car, I thought, oh man, that was amazing. I can't believe that. Now, Lord, how about, okay, now we need another car. So, oh man, I can't ask again. That's ridiculous. I mean, come on, man. It's like, how am I, you know, so, well, Lord, you know, I'm willing to buy a car, whatever, so we need one. There it is. There's the need. You said if we put first the kingdom of God and, and all these things be added unto you, but you need a car. I don't need a Mercedes. You know, I don't need a, a you know, a Bentley or a Tesla or not that anything wrong with those, but I don't need one of those. It'd be cool. I mean, don't get me wrong, right? But yet I need a car. So he's into meeting the needs. Now you could ask for something good. But Lord, I have this need. How are you going to meet that need? Well, you might need to make your need known in the body of Christ. You can't just sit there in a vacuum like a lot of us do with our own personal freedom and healing, right? You're just kind of sitting around, oh, God, why aren't you healing me? Don't you care? It's kind of like the disciples in the boat with Jesus, and there's a big storm, and they're all scared, and they're thinking they're going to drown. They go, oh, God, and here's their prayer. Lord, don't you care if we drown? He wasn't very happy about that, by the way. Maybe because they woke him up a little grumpy. Who knows? You know? I mean, he sounded grumpy. Because it's after he calmed the storm, he said, quiet, be still. He doesn't go, okay, oh, guys, come here. I know you're scared. Even though, you know, you've pretty much been raised on this thing. You've been out here a lot of times. And, and you know, and, and you're men, you're grown men for God's sake. Now, why don't we have a group hug here? You know, you, you don't see that. Here's what you get. You know, they're terrified. The Bible says they're terrified and fearing for their lives. And Jesus stands and says, uh, it, you know, and again, here's that rebuke thing I've talked about, you know. It says he rebuked the wind and the waves, and the, but it. It's not in red. He didn't say, I rebuked the wind and the waves. Mark says, the book of Mark says, he rebuked the wind and the waves by saying, be quiet, be still. Okay? So after he did that, then he goes to the side and goes, hey, what's wrong with you guys? How long am I going to put up with you? Where's your faith? Right? You know, just try to say that as nice as you can to someone. It just, I don't know. It just <laughs> seems like, yeah, it's a little harsh, you know, especially after you're terrified. Oh, here, let, 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 let the Holy Spirit comfort you. Come here. No. What's wrong with you? Where's your faith? And so the point is, is that when we begin to have these, you know, these feelings in a storm, and you can look at Paul. I mean, that was a crazy storm in Acts 27, 28. That's the one that you try to stop, but it doesn't stop. And then you start going, okay, God, where are you in this? And guess what happens? In both of the storm cases, the first storm that Jesus stopped with the disciples, the first thing out of his mouth in red was, let us go to the other side of the lake. So if you hear that clearly from God, right, isn't that the same as God's word? I am the Father, one, I do nothing what my father, but what my Father says. I never say anything except what my Father says, right? So you can count on that. You can take that to the bank, just like when you cash a check. A cash is called a promissory note. In other words, you're hoping when you go to the bank to make a claim, whenever two or more come together in the Greek, it says literally to make a claim on something they ask, 
and you know what a claim is when you cash a check, uh, that, you know, not from me, of course, but from somebody else that actually had, you know, I mean, no, I'm just kidding. But if you're, it's a promissory note. I'm promising you X amount of dollars that I've written on here. And when you, we usually don't think about it. We go to the bank and we make a claim. And so we take God's word and we say, well, here's God's word. This is how it is. It doesn't look like this now. It certainly doesn't feel like this right now. I see no hope in this. And my feelings, are, are, I'm distraught. Jesus, what? To the point of death. Overwhelmed. Was, and the disciples fell asleep. It says because they were overwhelmed by sorrow. They were bummed out, depressed. Like this, this whole thing, all our hopes, this whole thing's going down the tube. This is not looking good. See, and then Jesus says what? Okay, Father, can this pass? Not my will, but your will be done. Or the Apostle Paul, he gets the thorn. Does he go, oh, hey, Kesarasara, it's all good. You know, God's in control. He loves me, whatever. So thank you, Lord, for this. I'm going to try to have good. Maybe he's teaching me patience or something. No, no, no. He tests it three times with the Lord, see? He knows what it is and what purpose it's serving. What it is, where it's from, and what purpose it's serving. And so that's why it's imperative for us when we think about God's word as his truth and we think about uh, using Christ's authority and when we come to our Bibles, even that, this is critical, that we come to our Bibles and we want to read our Bible and we simply just open it without a care or a thought. And I still do too. I have to catch myself. I have to practice. I have to develop the discipline. Now, Lord, I want you to teach me now and according to God's word because it's living and active. I know that this is not just like a novel or a story, that I'm going to glean some principles or moral code from. And it's incredible, some of you know this, that when you read God's word, you've read this passage hundreds of times. And then there'll be fresh bread in it. God will reveal something to you. Not maybe some fact, maybe that happens sometimes, but some insight that meets, that God speaks to you in that moment that day. But then we have all these other situations, too, because we want to use the three things, God's word, Christ's authority, Holy Spirit's counsel. Because it can be at times, and you never know, and that's why I'm advocating that we start using Christ's authority by beginning with the word if, because if you're like me, you just don't know what's spiritual. You know, you can be all good. You can be good to go. But you can be somewhere that is good, and you're sitting down to read, and, and, and you're having a hard time concentrating, you're having a hard time thinking straight, and... Or you just, ah, I'm not getting anything in it. You know, I'm going to skip around and look for another verse, right? But maybe it's spiritual, okay? Like my buddy Botan here, this guy from uh, Sweden. He was in uh, over one of the YWAMs where we're going. He was at that one. And he was so excited because when they get there in the first few weeks, one of the big priorities is you spend time alone with God to ask God where, where you should go. For example, if there's three countries, you know, like India, and then there's uh, Sri Lanka, or there's Nepal, there's something like that. They go, okay, well, Lord, where should I go, right? So they pray about that, and then they come and they discern that with the leaders and whatever, and that's kind of how they pick where they're going to go to these, do the outreach evangelism, right? So this kid, Botan, he was excited because... He felt like God was leading him to go somewhere that he really was excited about going, wanted to go. And, and the leaders affirmed that and said, oh, that's great. And praise God, you know, and, and there was some confirmation stuff. So during the week I was there, this kid comes to me and goes, hey, you know, I've really been struggling. I feel like every time now in my quiet time that God's condemning me and the scriptures are harsh. I need to change this and do this. And now I got doubts about the, 
you know, going to where I'm going, and, and I just feel, and I go like, what? And he goes, well, I just feel selfish, like I'm doing this selfishly, like I want to go there because I want to go there. And I don't think God would want me to go someplace I really want to go. And I go, really? I mean, really? Okay. So, um, there's a lot of weirdness about that fear, right? So, he, so we start praying, and, and we, you know, Lord Jesus, now will you give us counsel about this? And first thing, right, there seems to be confusion. I mean, it didn't take like some prophetic discernment on my part. It just like seems like, yeah, that would be kind of confusing, right? So I said, well, if there is, if there is confusion, then in Jesus' name we command that confusion to stop, be suspended. You know, like Jesus with the storm. You can say the same thing. Be still. Be muzzled. You know, stop. Confusion, stop. If there is confusion. And it can be, even if it's own mind, you know, even if it's the introduction of two ideas. So, in Jesus' name, now, Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit part, counsel, will you counsel? Now, Jesus, why, where did this start? We asked you to show the root of this. Where do you want them to go? We hold this up to you, right? And then with authority, I said, in Jesus' name, now, we expose anything that may be spiritual here. If there's something spiritual going on, causing this confusion, there's something spiritual happening that keeps him from recognizing the truth. Because God, I mean, obviously you can only go to one place, all this stuff, right? So we did that, and then I do what you're gonna learn to do. I ask him, so what are you thinking when I'm praying? He goes, uh, boy, nothing about either of those places. I know, I said, just tell me anything you're thinking about, even if it makes no sense, it's not even related. He goes, well, I was just thinking about this truck where I go to have my devotions. You know, he reads his Bible, right? There on the base. I go, okay, well, can you tell me anything about the truck? And he goes, well, that's, you know, over here. And it's like the only quiet place on the base I can go and have privacy. And so I go in there, and this guy is, you know, nice guy, lets me use it. I go, is he a YWAM guy? He goes, no, no, he's just a neighbor here. And, you know, he's kind of having some problems. He's into drugs and a couple other things. But you become friends, whatever, he lets me use his truck. I go, okay. And so, you know, you can say, oh, you know, don't go in the truck, right? It could be something spooky in there, you know? You just go back to Jesus, you know, you might have thoughts, you might even know what it is, especially some gifted people. They might know, oh, well, dude, you gotta do that, you know? So I said, now, Lord, does that mean anything? See, again, really allowing and relying on the Holy Spirit to be the counselor, and what I love about this is like, okay, Lord, I'm ready. If you wanna show me something, I mean, I'd be glad to, you know? But what's really cool is the pressure's off of you, say, now, Holy Spirit, will you show him? Right, Lord, will you show him, is there any reason he's thinking about this truck when we're praying about, you know, whether he should go here or there, right? Now, why was he thinking about that? And again, with authority, in Jesus' name, we expose anything significant, forbidding confusion. So when we did that, I said, what are you thinking now? And he goes, well, could there be something in that truck because of what that guy's into? I go, what do you mean something in the truck? You know, he goes, you know, like something evil or evil spirit that's distracting me, whatever. I go, well... Could be. I go, let's ask Jesus. So, Lord, ask you to show him that. We commanded the light. He goes, yeah. He goes, uh, I just won't go in the truck anymore. And I go, oh, didn't you say that was like a nice, quiet place for you? He goes, yeah. I go, no, no. We don't do that, man. We're not going to acquiesce to that. You, you know, that's not, that's not, you know, that's what people tend to do. But no. He didn't say, call us to run away from evil. He told us to conquer it. He gave us authority and power to do this. So, here's the plan. Here's what you're going to do, Okay. And, and I want you to go back there and say, now, in the name of Jesus Christ, because I'm a child of God, if there is, if, see, because, I mean, maybe it's nothing, right? Uh, if there's something here that would hinder me from reading the Bible, I command it to leave in Jesus' name. 
And then he started asking me, well, well you know, it's another guy, it's not mine, do I have authority there? I go, well, yeah, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Now that thing could come back, but you know, why don't you do your friend a solid and say, hey, in the name of Jesus, if you're here, in Jesus' name, I bind you and I command you to leave and leave my friend alone. And whatever effect you had on my friend, I remove that effect right now so he can see the light and the glory of Christ in Jesus' name. So it's like a win-win, right? Because if you look at the wars in the Bible, it's not just one thing. It's always a massive thing. It's always more than one thing, okay? Kind of like when Jesus rose from the dead. He just didn't rise from the dead. There was a whole lot of other things accomplished, okay? So in doing that now, uh, I say, oh, why don't you try that? So he come back and... Next day, and I said, hey, so how did it go, man? He goes, oh, dude, I cannot believe it, man. It's like totally rocking. You know, it's like I was into it. It was good. I felt the Lord's presence. I was loving it. And I felt like something left that didn't belong there. And it was a fruitful time. I go, well, what about your decision? He goes, oh, man, because I got all whacked out, I think I was supposed to go to that place, but I've already changed teams, right? Went back to prayer, and the staff went to prayer. He went to prayer. Anyway, he ended up with the original team, right, going to the original place. So a year later, I go back and I ask the staff, I said, hey, did it make any difference that he went on that team in your opinion? You know, we went through that whole thing. And he goes, oh, let me just say this. The leader guy goes, I can't imagine um, what that trip would have been like without him and what God did and used him through. See, sometimes it makes a difference. And so even you think, well, here I am just sitting in my kitchen with my little coffee cup and trying to read my Bible. You got all these feelings and stuff going on. You got all this stuff going on. Who knows? Maybe it's a battle. Maybe you wonder why you're not getting anything out of it. And I'm, I'm just encouraging us now that, that these keys to the kingdom we've been talking about, Christ's authority, the Holy Spirit's counsel, God's word, are fundamental not for a way just to pray, not for advancing the kingdom like we're talking about here, but for all of life and all decisions to seek the Lord's counsel. It's possible I've yet to find a situation where you couldn't apply these things. We have a loving God who promised us repeatedly, when he, he will counsel you, he will lead you into truth. Be filled with the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. How much more will he give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? He's given you authority, I've given you authority. 